Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. Well, you're going to find out this week how one couple fell in love right here in Baltimore City with each other and then with wine. John Phones of Cellar 33 met the woman of his dreams in Baltimore, and to impress her, he switched from drinking beer to wine. I wonder how many guys have done that, Chris. Yeah, anything to to impress the ladies. (laughs) Together, they began a love affair with wine that brought them to San Francisco, and a winery was born. We're going to taste, in a minute, a few of these selections from Cellars 33, and we have on the line from California, the founder, John Phones, and he's going to tell us about it all. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Well, I love your wine, and I also love that you have such a great tie here to Baltimore, Maryland, where we're broadcasting. And so, right. so I told a little bit of a condensed version of how this all got started, but why, why don't you kind of fill us in? Love to. Well, uh, my wife Katie and I are from Baltimore, basically raised in Baltimore our entire lives, and uh, we met Keith now about 14, 15 years ago, and... Uh, when we first met, I was a beer guy doing a lot of home brewing, and uh, <laughs> Katie liked beer, but not really as much as I did. <laughs> so uh, we sort of mutually fell into uh, exploring wine. Nice. So we would uh, go around to the local Baltimore shops, wine stores, spin 604, attend wine tastings and uh, things like that, and go down to D.C. a lot. And uh, just totally caught the bug, you know, and uh, that eventually led to uh, vacations out in California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, when you travel to California, sooner or later, you're going to have to hit a winery, right? <laughs> of uh, course. So as we started hit the wineries, I would always try to, you know, go behind the scenes and chat with people, and everybody's really cool about that. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, fast forward to 2007 when I got uh, a two-week internship to work harvest at Freeman Winery in Sebastopol, California, in Sonoma County. And that was just an incredible experience. Uh, 16-hour days, hard work, sweaty, working with your hands, and I couldn't get enough. No, nice. Fabulous. So my wife flew out to California and uh, grabbed me by the neck, took me back to Baltimore, but on the flight back, I'm like, you know, i got to get back there. (laughs) This this is awesome. I want to explore this more. So uh, I guess that's when the plan for Service 33 really started was born. That's great. Well, in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about what the name Cellars 33 means. But we, we do have these wonderful sips of the week. Every week, we try something new for people to seek out and try themselves. The first wine of yours that we have in our glass here is your Cellars 33. It's the 2012 vintage of Kiefer Ranch Chardonnay. Uh, it is from the Russian River Valley, part of Sonoma. So tell me a little bit about this Chardonnay as I'm sipping, what can folks expect in the glass? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, Kiefer Ranch is just a wonderful vineyard site. It's in the cooler part of the Russian River Valley in a small uh, Appalachian, sub-Appalachian called Green Valley. Mm. So it's a cooler area there, just perfect for Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So this Chardonnay is actually probably the biggest Chardonnay I've made yet to date. But even at that, I think it's still only 14.0 or 14.1 alcohol. Mm-hmm. 
I think we made seven barrels of the 2012 and two of which were new. For me, that's a lot of new oak on my Chardonnay. I normally don't use that much. Okay. But in 2012, I was running out of barrels during the large harvest, so I had to use an extra new one. So it's just one of those decisions you have to make on the fly during right. winemaking sometimes. Uh, but the great thing about Kiefer Ranch Chard is uh, because it's such a perfect site and cool climate, you get a wonderful, crisp acidity. Mm-hmm. But uh, in 12, it's a perfect ripening vintage, so you get classic lemon custard Absolutely. notes and flavors. So when that balances with the acidity, I think it makes for a really nice Chardonnay. We, we're told all the time, you know, I don't like Chardonnay, but I like this. And, nice. Uh, you know, I, just, I just love hearing that. Well, you know, you talk about the new oak, but I don't want people to get the wrong impression because I wouldn't say this is an oak, you know, overly oaked. I think it's really well integrated and you get that toasty warmth from the oak. But because of the acidity and all that fruit that's in there, there's so, you know, it's very well balanced. Thank you. Yeah, that's the idea. We like to pick our fruit, including the Chardonnay, pretty early. So generally our wines are lower in alcohol. Uh, I don't like to do any additions for water or acid. And almost, I don't think I ever have for any Chardonnays that I've made for myself or for clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the great thing about Kiefer Ranch is you can pick early, but you still get that wonderful flavor profile. And uh, it's just, it's fabulous to be there. I love it. Okay. Now, when I was researching, I think it says you make a total of about a thousand cases. Is that right? Yeah, we're at 1,000 now. We've been growing each year, uh, but we're going to hold here at 1,000 cases for a year or two and just digest this and see how it works. <laughs> uh, but uh, we don't want to grow too big too fast, unfortunately. Right. That mistake before, and uh, try not to make that mistake. But I think our goal is fairly soon to get up somewhere around 2,500 cases. Nice. But, uh, you never know. We could get bigger. Well, you have a new addition to the family, so I think you, <laughs> you're going to need some extra time for that as well. Um, if you, you want to... Yeah. yeah. that's so exciting. Thanks. We're pretty psyched. His name's Daniel Brooks. Nice. Uh, Brooks after uh, Brooks Robinson, there so we're going to call him Brooks. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, uh, you know what? The name Sellers 33 has to do with a longtime landmark here in Baltimore City. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to check out the website, it's Sellers33.com. We'll be right back on The Sipping Point with John Phones from Sellers 33. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. We're back with The Sipping Point. And on the line from California, we have Sellers 33 founder, John Phones. He is uh, telling us all about this winery that was conceived from a love of wine here in Baltimore and is now producing amazing wines out in California. Uh, John, the name Sellers 33. This has a tie-in with Baltimore, but I'm not sure if everybody would get that if they just looked at it at first glance. Well, you know, sometimes you don't want to beat people over the head with your name. You want to have people sort of find it a little bit on their own. Yes. uh, A little bit of mystery to it. Actually, our original working title was 33rd Street Cellars. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, 33rd Street to folks in Baltimore, you instantly think Memorial Stadium, at Absolutely. least if uh, you're older than, I don't know, 28, <laughs> 30 years old. Yep. And I'm certainly that. Um, so, yeah, the name, the Cellars 33, we basically just flipped it, the name on its head. Uh, 33rd Street Cellars, I guess, sounded a little bit like a kind of industrial brewery sort of thing. Right. Um, so, ironically, my wife and I were at a brewery uh, having some beers and uh, doodling on a little napkin, and she just did this little logo and flipped it on its head and 
it became Sellers 33. I like it. They're beautiful, uh, for, uh, classic labels. Thanks. The best Thank ideas you. come yeah. doodling on little cocktail napkins, That's I find. That's true. Um, I agree with Chris. The best ideas do come that way. And now you guys, I was reading, have lots of fond memories from games at Memorial Stadium. And that's why it was so um, important to incorporate that to the winery, correct? It is. Even though we left Baltimore, uh, you know, Baltimore is still a big part of us. I mean, we have so many friends and our families are still back there that, uh, you know, it's hard to leave a, a place like Baltimore. But when we had this opportunity to come to California and San Francisco, we really couldn't turn it down either. Oh, But I can because imagine. it's still such a big part of who we are, it only seemed right that uh, this project, our winery, should reflect where we're from. So uh, I love you know, it. when I was a kid, I remember distinctly going uh, to football games with my dad and sitting up in the upper deck freezing like, you know what, off uh, <laughs> in the snow watching Roger Clark, you know, and Burt Jones and all those guys. And uh, and even my wife, Katie, uh, she would go to the stadium with her family and her family are huge sports fans here in Baltimore as well. So it just seems like a, a perfect way to sort of uh, let people know where we're from without... Uh, Yes. Screaming about it, I guess. Yeah. And there's a great uh, write up on your website uh, about that as well. Now, in our glass next to our our Chardonnay, we have a tasting of the Freeman Vineyard uh, 2012 vintage of your Pinot Noir. So also from uh, the Sonoma Coast, Sonoma County region, you're focusing on the two Burgundian grapes, it seems, at least in these two bottles. So tell me a little bit more about this wine. Love to. Well, this is a, a special wine for us to make because, as I think I mentioned a little earlier, uh, when I first started into the wine business, I was working as an intern at Freeman Winery in Sebastopol. And during that time, uh, while I was there, uh, they were planting their own Hillside Estate vineyard. Mm. Um, and now that the vineyard has come online, uh, they are just graciously allowing us to purchase fruit from them and from that site that I saw going in while working there. So right. it's really cool, you know, um, that we've maintained that connection with the Freemans. They've been wonderful to us. And now to make fruit from their vineyard where we started making wine, it's just, it's really special for us. You know, yeah. uh, we're focusing on smaller family-owned vineyards. We're trying to avoid the, uh, the large corporate, you know, vineyard kind of things. That's not what we're about. Right. Uh, so it's a young vineyard, and the wine, uh, I guess, shows that. This is the first year that the vineyards really come online, so it's, Exuberant, yeah, and lots rich, of, yep, uh, lots of full flavors, and um, it, I think it's a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be learning that vineyard as we go. I think the 2012 has a mixture of three different clones, uh, so with a little bit of time, I think it'll start to show a little bit more complexity that was actually showing in barrel, and I think it's going to be uh, a really nice wine over the years. And the different clones are going to bring different personality and flavor and uh, identity to the wine. I know that's something we haven't talked a lot about here. You know, people start glazing over when you start talking clones sometimes. But yeah, I try not to geek out on people too much. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it a, is an important component. It really is because the the clones are going to, it's kind of like a recipe, right? If you're doing a mixture exactly. of these clones, you're getting different flavor, different personality that comes together together as better than if you just all had one, correct? I, I think that's generally true, but not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it, it depends on the vineyard site. And we'll find out how it works here in this vineyard. I think it will prove true Yes. Uh, at the Freeman site. Uh, what we're doing now when we're making this wine for the first couple of years is we're vinifying each clone separately so that we're tasting it throughout the year, okay. trying to identify the particular characteristics of each clone. Um, and in 13, I think we were really able to nail that down as well. But uh, I can foresee a time where, maybe even in a 14 vintage, where because I'm confident and I like each of those different clones, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to combine them at the beginning during harvest for fermentation. Okay. Because I anticipate I'm going to blend them together anyway at the end. So, right. Okay. And why making easier if you're going to make a decision is better to make it early than later. So always try to be flexible. Great. So these are handcrafted, limited quantity wines. Um, the 2012 Freeman Vineyard Pinot that we're sipping right now, delicious, is $45 a bottle. The Kiefer Ranch Chardonnay is 39 Now, right now, and this is a great conversation because people get very confused, John, in this state with how they're able to source a wine. If they love a wine in California half the time when you go out there and tour the smaller wineries and vineyards and tasting rooms, you find stuff you love and then it's not available in the state of Maryland. But there is a way to get, there is a way to get your wines and they're not yet on the shelves at stores, but how would folks go ahead and and get these wines um, to serve at their various dinner parties and sitting on the back porch, (laughs) watching and (laughs) listening to an O's game or something? Perfect, yes. Well, we are actually now chatting with the distributor. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to be on the retail shelves and restaurants in Baltimore and Maryland, D.C. in the very near future. But for now, uh, you can order the wine direct from us, and we'll ship it right to folks, uh, right to your door or to your office. Great. Uh, we do have a direct uh, shipper's permit for Maryland, so people can buy wine. Uh, and we're legally allowed to uh, take their orders and ship it right to you, do it direct. So no middleman. Yes, and you had a rosé that you sent me, which actually I had for Easter. It was delicious. Oh, cool. It was really delicious, but it's sold out now, Now I believe. But next year, it's a rosé of Pinot Noir. Next year, people get it early. It was perfect with ham. It really was delicious. But if you go to sellers33.com, you can order the wine, have it sent directly to your house. And a couple years ago, that law changed and people are actually allowed to do that now, which is at least a first step in Maryland to having some freedom, (laughs) freedom of wine purchasing here. And um, we're excited. Anything else? uh, What about, you know, you're buying grapes and making the wine. If folks are out in California, is there a way for them to connect with you? Sure. Actually, uh, the winery is in San Francisco. Uh, We have a large 20,000-square-foot winery that we share with a few others uh, in the Dog Patch neighborhood right in downtown San Francisco. So we do source our fruit mostly from Sonoma County, and I'll get a truck, be up there at dawn, drive the fruit down those. We make it right in our winery. So um, next time folks from Baltimore, the area, are out in San Francisco or wine country on or on the way back to the airport, yeah, give us a call. I'll show you around. All right. And on your, web- you. on your website, your phone number is right there, front and center. And um, I'm wishing you um, some sleep in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Eight days old, I believe the baby is. So I, I'm, I remember it very, very well. But uh, John phones for 
from Sellers 33. This has been great. So amazing to meet somebody with a love for wine here in Baltimore that now has made a West Coast winery a reality. And we love the wine. So thank you for being on The Sipping Point. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and this is the segment of the show where I answer listener questions, Chris. Yeah, and some of them mine, because I'm not very educated in this world either. <laughs> You've taught me a lot in this past year, but you know. Yeah, you're getting, I'm, I'm there. getting there. I'm getting there. You're getting, I'm there. getting there. All right, well, here's the question, and it comes from Gary Geisel. He lives in Edgewater, Maryland, okay. and he wants to know, what Pinot Noirs are typically fuller bodied? The red ones. That's all I got. Well, it's, you know, red wines are typically fuller bodied than white. So you got that going on from the beginning. But it's true. Some Pinot Noirs are lighter bodied. Okay. And some Pinot Noirs are fuller bodied. And some people prefer that fuller mouth filling. Okay. And if people are trying to get this body concept, think of three glasses. All right. Skim milk, whole milk, and half and half. Okay. The way they would feel if you take a sip of each of them. Right. Fuller bodied is that mouth filling velvety right. heaviness. Okay. okay. And what is that? Does that come from what you add to it? The aging, all of it? it what, aging and oak can add some fullness to the, to the palate. But if you remember, we were talking about the alcohol percentage right. of the Pinot Noir. And the one we just tasted with John is 14.3% alcohol. Okay. This is a California Pinot Noir. Right. Now, if we had a Burgundy From France, France, which is a Pinot Noir from Burgundy, France. We might see one at 12 and a half, 13.5% alcohol. Okay. Less alcohol, lighter bodied. Okay. Cooler cooler climates tend to produce lower alcohol wines that are lighter bodied. All right. When you get into your warmer climates, Right. right? Like California. Like California, albeit this is from Sonoma Coast, which gets breezes and right. and also can be cool in that way. It's still warmer right. overall, and you're going to get a fuller-bodied Pinot okay. from somewhere like California than you are from France. I gotcha. Makes sense? Yeah. Um, you might see some Pinot Noirs from... South America. Yes. It's not too cold over there. Chilean Pinot Noir. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Chilean. So that could be a fuller bodied. And even within California, your Russian River is cooler right. than a Pinot Noir made in another area of California. So you can just look around. And so grab the Pinot bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon is another place where they make great Pinot okay. Noir. And look at the alcohol percentage and it'll give you a guide okay. to how full it is, right? All right. So if you're more towards your 12%, that's going to be the lighter 14 plus. Those are going to be the heavier ones. I gotcha. So that's how you would know. That's an easy way to figure it out. <laughs> well, if you have a question for us, email us at radio at com, and we'd love to have you and your question yes. on the show. We'll be right back with The Sipping Point. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach, here with my sidekick, Chris. Yes. Hey, Lori. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, Fourth of July is coming up, and yeah. uh, I'm having a barbecue, a cookout. <laughs> you uh, you are a brave soul. <laughs> I'm going to somebody else's party, I'm yeah, telling you. It's a lot of work, but uh, it it'll, it'll be fun in the end. But I need some, uh, you have any fun ideas as to uh, Absolutely. what to serve there? Oh, I always have fun ideas. Here's one. Okay. Because when you're having a party, there's so many moving parts. Yeah. You're probably going to be at the grill. Right. Um, your wife's going to be making different foods. Fiance, putting... let's not get too ahead oh, of ourselves here. Oh, almost wife. Okay, come on. You only got a couple months. You're done. You're not listening, babe. 
<laughs> How about this? Okay. Pro- we've had Prosecco before on yes. the show. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. like it, right? I do. Everybody likes it, even beer drinkers. Probably. So here's a fun thing. You can set up a Prosecco bar. Oh, all right. Let people maybe just right inside the door, right? So it's a little bit cooler inside. Right. Have an ice bucket with a few bottles of Prosecco on ice. Okay. Have some flutes. Uh-huh. I have stemless champagne flutes, oh, and they're great for parties, nice. right? Because okay. glasses usually break at the stem. This is true. So the stemless yeah. are great. And then next to that, have some fruit, peach puree, okay, even right. some fruit. You can have. You can buy different purees at the store, oh. um, like strawberry puree, mm-hmm. peach puree. You can make it yourself if you have yeah. a Cuisinart or a Robicou okay. or whatever. Yeah. But if you just want to buy it, you can. I'm. I'm all about some making it easy. Puree. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. And people can make bellinis. Okay, so bellinis are just a little bit of puree, about mm-hmm. an ounce. Then you top it with the Prosecco. And then, yeah, if you have fruit, people can stick fruit in there. Okay. Or ho- however you want to make it. You serve your own bellini bar. Perfect. Easy way. All easy right. way to do it. All right. And you heard it from me. <laughs> I did, yes. You'll get total credit. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're not having a party, but you are looking to party yes. with wine and food and a lot of laughter, I have a few things coming up, Chris, okay. that folks want to take note. On July 12th, come join me at Bordelow Vineyards. It's in Eden, Maryland. It's okay. down on your way to Ocean City. Oh, okay. I near Salisbury. Yep. And we're going to do my Something to Wine About Wine and Comedy show. You can call them at 410-677-3334. I'll give the link on thewinecoach.com if All you right. want to check it out. It's in my event calendar as well. Just a hilarious night. And dinner is included. It's only $55. It's kind of ridiculous. All right. What's on the menu? (laughs) Delicious. You know, I don't know yet what's on the menu. I need to find out. No surprise. But I'll tell you, lots of wine is on the menu. Uh, That's all all I needed to hear. (laughs) Perfect. Then on August 8th, Mm -hmm. more closer to your neck of the woods, I'm going to be at the Vandiver Inn in Havre de Grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not too far. Really cool place. Again, doing my something to wine about wine and comedy. And you can go to their website, Vandiver. Van Diver. I want to say Van Diver, but it's vandiverin.com. I just want to say Van Halen in. Yeah, okay, that, that would that be place? really Can we great. get you booked there? Yeah, get we'll me get, booked up there. We'll get you booked to the Van Halen Inn. <laughs> there we go. Mark the calendar, August 8th. You can go to their website and give them a call to get tickets. That's going to sell out really fast. And we're in partnership with one of our sponsors, which is Wine World Perfect. in Abingdon. And okay. they're supplying the wine. I picked out some really fun wines, including Kung Fu Girl Riesling, wow. which you love from Charles Smith. Yeah. It's really tasty. And a lot of other great wines. Okay. So come join us for just a fun, Friday summer night and then the same show guess what I'm appearing in New York City New York City uh uh-huh on August 13th (laughs) come see me at the City Winery it is a working winery in downtown Manhattan really I've performed there many other times but guess what what's that this time Uh I'm in the big room uh oh 300 seats wow this is where all the big acts, yeah. Mark Cohen, okay. people like that, David yeah. Crosby, they perform in there. Wow. My show, I'm going to be in there. Hitting the it's big gonna time. It's going to be fun. Get a hotel room, come join me. New York City. <laughs> New York, August 13th. But if you're just looking for a fun night, any night. Right. You don't have to go that far. No, just up uh, to the Oregon Grill, right? Yeah, you knew where hey. I was going with this. I just did my Oregon Grill Women's Wine Club. Yes. We had a fabulous time, and we covered the Italian wines. Perfect. Um, we marked Save the Date October 2nd as our next women's wine dinner. All but right. you can go there any night for dinner. You can just give them a call at 410-771-0505. You can eat on the patio. Yeah. Unless it's 100 degrees. Well, 
(laughs) (laughs) Or inside. They have Sunday brunch. They have obviously an amazing menu. Bacon. Bacon infused infused vodka. Vodka. (laughs) Uh, Fresh seafood, great prime age steaks, Mm -hmm. and the best part, impeccable service. Absolutely. You know, um, pretty woman, when I, you know, I want a little sucking up over here. Yes. That's where you go if you want a little sucking up. (laughs) Call them at 410-771-0505 or go to theoregongrill.com. Next week, we'll be back to talk all things vodka. Special thanks to Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, Wine World, Highland Wine and Spirits, and the Oregon Grill.